Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. Right. Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, early edition. Excuse my stretch and yawn. Episode number 40. Um, hello, Matthew. Hello. Obviously, I'm back because it's the early edition. The early edition. I'm in bed, I'm in bed when you record any later than uh, 4 p.m. <laughs> you, you know, yeah, you know when you know when Matthew's dieting hard because his bedtime gets earlier and earlier. Just the easiest way to not snack. Just go to bed. That's a legit dieting method right there. I've we, said it before. I'll say it again. I know just, you could. Uh, we put it on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Well, we, we should just end that podcast now because that's like the best weight-saving tip. There you go, done. That's your value for this or content for this episode. I might release an ebook and select for $89 and how to get shredded by sleeping. I'd buy it. Yeah. Yeah. If you just slept all the time, you wouldn't eat. You know? Who wouldn't buy that, shredded by sleeping? That sounds like a great, great ebook. Yeah, I wonder if Luke Johnson made a problem with his... Uh, He's shredded by, but we'll um, we'll, we'll smooth that we'll smooth that over by him. I don't think I don't think you can copyright everything. You can't you can't copyright colours. Can't right. copyright shredded by. True. Do you think? Uh, just on a side note, how pissed off do you think he is? That they've, they've, their IG is like shred by science, and not shredded. Yeah, someone got shredded by science. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's why he's, that's why it's shred because I think someone already had shredded by science. That would annoy me a yeah. lot, but I've never noticed. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. I heard him speak about it once. He said, and I and I'm sure. Like, and I might make. Oh, it, it would bug him. Definitely. Yeah, I say. I was gonna say. I'm sure that he also said, like, he will get it one day. But yeah, the person who's got it has got 10k followers. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Cool. I, I reckon that could charge a pretty penny then. Could do. Could do. I've seen I've, side tangent. I've seen people building up Instagrams recently and then selling them. They do. That's, that's exactly know. what I was about to say. I said that is what people do. Didn't know that was a thing until recently. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad, really, isn't it? But why do we live in? Yeah, I know. I know. Well, like people, people obviously buy and sell accounts. People buy followers. So you go out in some far east, especially. I think they have companies that just basically generate accounts and stuff to create followers to then obviously build up people's numbers and then they just pay them to obviously build up the following and stuff yeah and I, I, I did see the thing where you can pay one of the eastern bloc countries obviously twitter algo used to be a lot more expensive in the uk where you could pay them to boost you as a trending subject it was yeah. like a little little italian local pizza restaurant yeah. in eastern bloc country was trending on twitter yeah it's mad, isn't it? It's mad. You get people that um, like charge for shout-outs and stuff, don't they? Say so I've got three yeah. million followers. You, like you pay me X amount, you get put on my thingy for an hour, on my Instagram for an hour or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. All the travel ones, all the it's, it's mad. Yeah. Um, I've been taking a bit of a break from Facebook recently, and it's been good. The problem is when you run a business that's based on Facebook, it's not so good. But no, that can sometimes be a little difficult. What was the um? What what's what? Why is why has that come about? Let's let's hear a bit more about it. Um, I just I just feel a bit overwhelmed. With it, I think work's really busy. Um, lot going on, so I just found myself getting drawn into uh into pointless arguments. I, for some reason, I can't help myself. Hmm. Um, when I comment on something, or if I see something utterly stupid, um, I tend to. Going a bit sarcastic, maybe, and it's just not a good use of my time. So I've been a bit more frugal with my Facebook, so I don't. Been going in the evenings, checking in our groups. Um, I've got the Pages app, which is quite good because then it's only um, our pages in our group, so that's quite good. So I can see the groups and pages. I can't see all the fitness pros arguing about the latest thing. And I suppose the thing that was annoying me was uh, something blowing up. Some people, a load of people post about it, and then a load of people posting about it, and people posting about it, posting mm. about it. It's mm. like, I just can't be asked with the, the fitness industry. Uh, 
Yeah, it does. I hate to describe it. It does it's get shit. a bit away. At the moment, I'm really only interested in, in our groups, our pages, our audience, um, and helping those people that actually, you know, want to be helped. Mm. No, it's cool. It's a good idea. Like, bigging up our one of our favourite doctors, obviously, Dr. Mike the Second. He has phone swap Thursdays, doesn't he? So, to have some time away, where I think he swaps his phone for a Nokia 3310. Yeah, he does. You can tell he's middle class though because he's got a Nokia thirty three ten. Yeah, cheap phones. We've we've got um, I guess like an emergency phone we keep just in the car or just around. It's obviously the old school Nokia's have got mm. ten ten years battery life. Um, but that's a cheapy Nokia something or other. So we're not, we're not quite in the middle class dizzy heights of thirty three ten. Well, so I I made the assumption that a Nokia thirty three ten that obviously does fuck all nowadays, as in. It's got snake on it, and you can make calls and texts. Wouldn't be that expensive, but I, I say not expensive. It's fifty quid, but the. Oh, uh, right. I mean, you probably bought like two pound well, ones. Yeah. We've got like a fifteen quid there. Uh, okay. Yeah. You know, when you got a second phone, fifty quid's a lot of money. Well, unless you're middle middle class Mike, as I like to call him. Middle class Mike. I, I did watch his uh, review of um, desserts with Jamie, which I thought was quite funny because he starts talking about his chicken sandwich, and Jamie starts saying, "But we're not doing this today." They make a very good pair, don't they? Those two. Yeah, that was. I did. I did catch that actually, um, yeah. and it was funny. Funny where he's he's talking about his favourite macro-friendly roast chicken sandwich. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I I generally think they should uh, do more. Well, they obviously do a lot together already, but they make a good good pairing. Good good. Um, what am I looking for? Opposites. They're almost polar opposites, but they go together well. So that's funny. Um, anyway, that was the weekly uh, shout out of Dr. Mike the Second, um, or aka Good now point. middle class Mike. <laughs> middle class Mike. Uh, um, let, let's let's hear about the diet, mate. So, how's Project Shoot coming along? Yeah, Project Shoot's going well, I'd say. Um, you know, not really struggling with sticking to calories or hitting calories. Um, outside outside of sleeping at seven pm, but. Yeah, well, you know, but I've had a few social, excuse me, a few social occasions which navigated well. Usual stuff we have always advise people to do, which is calories before and after and overestimate. So uh, weight loss is progressing nicely. Um, progress photos looking good. Probably showing looking a bit leaner than I expected at that weight. So I'm wondering if weight is not fully caught up yet. Mm. And sometimes happens, um, especially with me for some strange reason. Um, I tend to get big drops. Like a woman, um, but yeah, yeah, all going good. Um, I'm trying to think. If there was a there was a new a new food I found or stumbled across that's helping or I've enjoyed it on this diet, which is the blueberry and vanilla callow rice cakes. For only 35 calories yeah, each. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've, I've had them before. Ri- yeah, I've got a full rice cake and fish guy. Um, those with some eat lean cheese on as well. Blueberry with blueberry with cheese, yeah, yeah, like that. I don't know if that works. No, 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 it does. Yeah. yeah, that's a new, a firm fave when I'm low on calories. Um, okay, interesting. Yeah. How about I've I even? Got... I even went for a, even went for a run the other day when we had snow because um, my steps were low and mm. didn't want to be out there too long. So yeah, I've even run for the first time in about bloody hell. What has happened to you, Matthew? What has happened? Yeah, I like it now. I did exactly the same. Uh, there was one day, actually, I think it was last Sunday, so the snow was still about, but it wasn't too bad. There was the, the, some of the terrain was a bit dodgy, but um, I got to the end of the day after being out with my mother-in-law um, for lunch and stuff. We had a big carvery, Not, and obviously that was all kind of estimated as well as I could and, and, and things, as you'd expect. But got to something like 7 o'clock at night, 6 o'clock at night, and I'd done something like 800 steps. I was like, oh, flipping hell, man. So uh, and bear in mind, obviously, my step... Target Ed set me up the minute it's 15,000. I was like, oh, Jesus. So, um, yeah, just thought, like, same as you, do I go out for a walk? And I thought, no, nah, to be honest, I'll just go out for a run, even though I never run, just because it's just a lot quicker. I haven't got to be out as yeah. long. So it wasn't too yeah. bad, actually. It was all right in the end. There was a few hairy moments running across some of the pavements. but Yeah, so my, my time was very slow. I, mm. You know, not that I run, but it was, it was pitiful. Mm. Uh, it was a few walking sections, but it got my steps done in a little bit faster time. Um, 
even though we were always joked about our bias walking when snow comes, you've got to do what you've got to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think my time was too bad, actually. That's quite, it was a bit slower than maybe I'd want, but given the terrain, I was, I was pretty happy with it. So, Good. going full cardio. How is Project Shoot for Rizzle? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's doing all right for me. Uh, so far, I have zero complaints about anything. So from kind of same same thing really from a managing perspective it's been pretty good. I haven't there's, there's been a few hungry moments. I'm not going to lie and say there hasn't been times where I've been hungry. But like this is this was basically my update to Ed. Like he asked me how I've been feeling. Am I been feeling fatigued, etc. And I said, well, not really. Um, there's been a few hungry moments, but a lot of that I put down to just boredom. So when I've been at work in the office and I've just sat there working and like. There's been times where I just I've been waiting for I'm always like thinking of counting down for the next meal or next time I'm gonna eat something. And like and I think to myself and I really kind of drink, am I even hungry? And I'm like, no, I'm really not. I can actually still feel food in my stomach and I still feel like from my lunch that I that I'm you know, I'm not hungry, but I still I wanna eat. And I think that's purely down to boredom. It's not because I really want to eat. So Yeah. There's been a few moments like that. Yeah, I think I get that in the office as well. If it's, it's quite, if I'm busy at the work, which you know, it has been fairly this week, so time tends to fly. You don't really notice it. You quickly grab food on the go, and it's not even like you just get it down. Whereas if you're bored, you tend to notice all the treats at work, which mm-hmm. is tons. Um, the M&S hot cross buns keep appearing, which is dangerous. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're so good. They are so good. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. But yeah, there's been a few moments like that, but nothing too bad. I did avoid. There was a someone left or someone left our, our office on Friday, um, as in left for a new job, and they all went to Cosmos. So, do you have Cosmos in yours? Is it like a creams or is it? No, no. Cosmos is like um, like one of those. I think their tagline's authentic world kitchen or something. But it's like a world kitchen buffet. So basically, like an all you can eat everything. Like every oh type of boy. food you oh boy. And I was like and I, I just said I'm really really sorry and I don't want to and it, it is a bit pitiful when, I, when you kind of say it out loud but I was like I don't want to be put in that situation of dieting and I, it's not cheap no. either it's something like 15 quid for the thing is you, you could go and you could eat just, just the chicken and stuff but it just doesn't that, it's that was very just, hard to control in that situation yeah exactly like you tell clients in, to go into similar situations, you, and you obviously give them all the global guidelines of trying to how they can uh, limit or damage limitation or stick to their plan or do whatever. But to be honest, in that type of scenario, it's not impossible not to, to, to do some sort of damage. And obviously, if I didn't have a, like a time-related goal, I'd be like, well, whatever. But, and I'll just go there and suck it up for a day. And, and obviously, I'll overeat and that'd be fine. But... With with obviously something that we're now only like eight weeks away, I was like, I, just, I don't want to put myself in that situation because there's no way I'm going and just eating chicken and salad or chicken and vegetables or something like. There's got literally every type of food you can think of, like yeah. su- sushi, teppanyaki, curries, um, roast dinners, pizza, pasta, um, burgers, like, um, like everything. It's just mad. There's one like that called. So I, when I used to live in Brighton, I think it's called Days or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, every food going. So like. You would, you just pick up some an odd chip here or there, or just start to add stuff in. Um, the only way I've ever navigated those successfully is when being tight, and I've always thought about the cost to uh, cost to food ratio. So chips and rice are cheap, right? Yeah. Uh, whereas chickens are more expensive things. So when I'm trying to get my money's worth, maybe I, I fare better. But yeah, like like you said, you walk past something, you just gonna pick it up, aren't you, without even really thinking? Yeah, it's it's impossible to just think I'll I'll just I'll not have that because you know what people are like when you go to a buffet anyway. If you go to a buffet restaurant like on holiday, say, and they've got different types of cuisine, you don't just go right. Okay, I'll have one meal tonight. I'll have Italian. And I'll have, I'll have the, uh, yeah, I'll have the boiled chicken, please. Yeah, you, you don't, thing, things are even if you just picked, I say one thing, but you don't. You're like, oh, actually, yeah, I'll try a bit of that. And next thing you know, yeah, I'll try a bit of that. Oh yeah, next thing I'll try a bit of that. And then you get back to your table, and you're like, you've got curry, bolognese, a bit of pizza, uh, fish and chips, pancakes, <laughs> something else all on the same plate. Delicious, so, yeah. delicious. So yeah, anyway, so um, long story short, I avoided that. Um, but outside of that, yeah, pretty much give or take maybe the odd day where I've gone like 100 calories over or something pretty much been bang on my nutrition most of the time um, 
Weight's coming down nicely, really. I think I did. I did have a little recce the other day to see how far I'd come, and I think I've done now sixteen pounds, so it's about seven kilos, isn't it? Something like that. Um, nice. the, the last couple of weeks have been obviously it's slowed up a bit in terms of I was averaging probably over a pound a week most weeks, and I think the last couple of weeks has been more around the half pound to a pound mark. Um, although I will say the the dreaded conversation me and Ed had on one is returned. I did go two days this week without even visiting the toilet which was not nice where it actually resulted in me uh, two days ago taking uh x-lax so nice yeah <laughs> good old good old pablo <laughs> will love that pablo will be turning me turning me <laughs> sleep at the moment yeah he will he will by the way pablo is paul and he doesn't like toilet talk so i said he makes it uneasy and he can't if he needs to go to the toilet people talk about it he then can't go <laughs> just asking him on a podcast it's just a it's, yeah. a it's a physiological thing we're not talking about it with any emotion we talk about it it's just a so if anyone wants to send Paulo any any uh, toilet related humour you can find him on Instagram I, I think it's Paul004 I thought you were going to say if anyone wants to send him a, a poo in a bag <laughs> or something no <laughs> No, keep it classy. Chris. I, mean, I don't know why classy. that came to my mind, or only because I do know uh, some of my. So I've got one of my group of friends, really close friends, about six of us, <laughs> six or seven. I can't remember who's our group right now, but um, <laughs> but a few, a lot of them were friends at school, and I was, I wasn't, but they told me uh, that they did that once, left a pill on someone's doorstep, <laughs> set fire to. <laughs> In a brown paper bag, set fire to yeah. the Easter. Yeah, classic. I just classic. Like, I can't believe we've just done that. But oh dear. Anyway, right. Let's let's move on. Um, so all's good, all on plan. Hopefully. So I'll be honest. My goal weight from the start was below one six five uh, pounds. So um, and I started at one eighty three. That was my kind of goal weight. But I'll be honest. I've got I've, I've got to drop that now because I'm at one six eight. I, was, I think I was 1683 this morning. Obviously, we're eight weeks left and only three pounds off target weight. Um, and also, from a, like a mirror perspective, I've still got a long way to go in terms of what I would consider like good photo shoot, photo shoot shape. So I reckon it's going to be below the 160 mark if I can get it. Nice. Yeah, you've got that ridiculous body fat distribution, haven't you, where your abs, abs are out. Yeah. I'm more of an even with a lower ab focus. Yeah, I have. So, yeah. So back shots, it is. Back shots, it is. Well, for you, I just you can you can stand backwards, and I'll do the front shots, and then we'll, we'll make a good <laughs> pair. Yeah, we'll make a good yeah, pair. Yeah, just don't just don't swivel round. Nice. Yeah. Um, Should we get into it? Yes. Yes. Let's get into it. So today's topic was a flipping cool one, actually. Um, well, I think it's a cool one. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. It's, it's going to be more of discussion-based stuff, I guess, because it's, we're not. And what I mean by that is, obviously, we're just going to be chatting about our opinions on things. There isn't going to be much value, um, actionable value, I guess, just because of the nature of the topic. Because it's just quite a cool thing to, to chat about. So, um, yeah, it was. T- I'm sure there will be some uh, some tangents to give value, as always. Though. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully we will. We'll try and add some stuff because I know, obviously, we. The reason I bring that up is because we every episode we want to we always want to bring some value don't we give something that's applicable to someone to take away and actually put into practice um so when we kind of get this type of episode where it's just kind of us just chat and stuff sometimes it's i always feel a bit like we're letting people down but um so basically we wanted to talk about the new government guidelines that came out this week so um i think the i don't know if the if the the paper that they released was called health matters um yeah health matters and food environment or something like that yeah so um maybe i'll just quickly run into what they've said just a brief overview and then we can just go through maybe some of the points and because obviously the the chat we had pre-call you come up with some really good some some cool points some good ideas so we'll we'll, i'll just give a brief outline then we can get into it oh so i guess it's in relation to the growing obesity problem we clearly have and they've put a lot of they've obviously done a lot of research and put a lot got a lot of statistics out of here um which i like the fact that it's on the it's from the uk government it's on the uk as well so a lot of the stuff that we tend to have to go on often ends up being american or like us data which don't get me wrong i'm sure a lot of it um translates over to us because we're both westernized countries similar <coughs> formats etc but it's nice to have something very uk focused which i thought was quite nice um but essentially, it, it was just um, 
Well, I guess they just, like I said, they, they, I don't know if they, do they survey or I don't know. I, I didn't actually see where they got a lot of their statistics from. It, it was a, a mixture of well, a variety of different sources. Um, yeah. Okay. So basically, the biggest problem seems to be that the obesity epidemic is increasing over time. And obviously that isn't like it isn't something we didn't already know. Um, but I mean, just to put it into kind of a, 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 put a, bit, a bit more of a picture. So in the last, well, I'm just trying to see what timescales there are. Did I write that down? I don't know if I did actually. I didn't write the timescale down, but um, we've, oh, actually, the, hold on, let me just find this. Cause I, yeah, I, I, I think I, I've got it. So the, I guess the, you're looking for the portion of people who are categorized as obese. Yeah. Praise from 13.2% of men in 1993 to 26.93 in 2015. That's the bit. Uh, and 16.4% of women in 1993 were considered obese. So this is not even overweight, it's just obese. That has increased to 26.8 in 2015. Yeah. So the rate of increase has slowed down since 2001. But the trend is still going upwards. Yeah, that's the um, that's the bit I want to get because I want to just put the time scale on it so people can get a, a clear picture. In like, so the last twenty two years, obesity is effectively like doubled um, in terms of the rates. And like you say, although it has slowed down, so obviously there is some good work, I suppose, being done by either government parties or you know anyone involved in in influencing how people eat. I suppose so. You know, you could like uh, count the fitness industry in that as well, but. Um, it's still going up, you know. It is, although it's slowing. And you know, if you include in that the not just the obese, the overweight population, sixty-three percent of us in the UK are overweight or obese. Mm. Um. So yeah, the, the total I guess increase was it was fourteen point nine percent of adults in nineteen ninety-three, and that's twenty-six point nine of all adults in two thousand fifteen. So, you, just in saying stats, and one really cool one, well, not cool, uh, one good way of looking at it was they broke down, you know, what 100, England, 100 adults in England would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you've got two ends of the spectrum, morbidly obese, you know, out of 100, it would be three morbidly obese people, two underweight, um, it would be 35 of them healthy weight, 36 overweight, and 24 obese. Um, so, you know, clearly massively outweighing the healthy weight on mm. the obese side with a small percentage of the underweight side. So yeah. I, I guess my take on that is it demonstrates really that while we do have these, uh, we have a lot of eating disorders and issues such as that, which can lead to underweight and being underweight is uh, very detrimental to health as is being obese. And it isn't a biggest problem as some uh, things may have you believe it is it, the vast majority are focused on the obese or the overweight. Mm. Just, I, I, I mean, obviously, I completely agree on that. As and I think one of the things that people don't always consider is like being underweight. So, so just just trying to put it back into perspective. So, thirty five percent of people are at healthy weight. So, thirty five people out of hundred are at healthy weight. Um, two percent underweight, and then obviously the rest of them. So, fifty whatever that was. 53% over, oh, 63, is it? 63%. 63 Sorry, yes, yeah, 63, yeah. yeah. 63 are then overweight. Whereas, obviously, yes, being underweight is is detrimental to health, very much like being overweight. Um, what I tend to, and this is my opinion, I don't, I'm not really basing this on any fact stuff, but being underweight probably, in my opinion, kind of from a psychological perspective, tends to have the, the most negative impact. Than like most most overweight people don't have quite the same negative psychological health. No, um, the, the, yeah, I totally agree. The impact of being underweight it will be, um, especially when you're starting to get into disordered eating. Maybe if you're just ticking under there because you're not a big eater for appetite reasons. But when you start to get into the disordered eating realm, it's yeah, massively impacts your health more. Yeah. I'd say, and it's a bit of a generalised or sweeping statement for me to say that, say that or say this, but. It's kind of like if if for, for there are there are definitely obviously people are underweight for various reasons whether it's because like um, economic status because obviously can't afford you know to obviously eat or whether it's um, like you say they just manage their appetite better just naturally and they tend to be on the underweight side because they just you know they don't feel like eating. I would probably say a lot of the reasons why people are underweight are because they have 
you know, eating disorders, and obviously that's a psychological issue. So that tends to, I think, has like a really massive impact on their obviously well-being. So not just physical, but emotional and psychological. Whereas obviously there's plenty of people that are overweight just because um, they just eat too much, don't move enough. Obviously, maybe are a bit more affluent and got access to other stuff, and it's just like that. That doesn't necessarily mean that they have any any kind of like more emotional stuff. And I know being overweight probably brings some emotional things to a lot of people as well in terms of eating disorders. But you know, I just kind of feel like being underweight probably is probably more connected to to emotional and psychological stuff maybe than being like overweight. And I use the word to overweight like kind of thinking about the you know just the odd overweight. Kind of like yeah, just, yeah. just a bit overweight, you know. I'm not talking like necessarily obese or mor- morbidly obese, because clearly there's some 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 eating this this or disordered eating involved in in that. Otherwise, you, you yeah. Kind of don't I think if it. you look at the the overweight population, that's, that's, you might look at these people today and just say they're they're kind of average or what well, they are the average. Mm. Um, so yeah. I totally agree that it's, it's on your thoughts there. Mm. But I mean, that that's there's some some scary stats, really, aren't they? And you think about the amount of people. So over half of the people you see are overweight. Yeah. yeah. And I get. I mean, that is there a definition of how they've? Is this is this purely on BMI? I guess it is on BMI. So uh, yeah. BMI gets such a a shit rap um, from everyone, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I actually think BMI is a useful measure, probably not for everyone, but people say, oh, don't worry about BMI, it's all the muscle mass, um, or, you know, I'm sporty and stuff like that. Realistically, unless you are someone who genuinely is, you know, carrying some muscle mass and stuff like that, it's still a good indicator of your overall risk. And even if you are muscled, you still have some increased risk from um, cardiovascular stuff as well. Yeah. But as a population tool, it, it, it is entirely valid and mm-hmm. um, does indicate the increased risk, that, which is where they were first decided upon. Now, you know, if you're slightly ticking into overweight, then you, yes, you could probably just argue it's not really a massive issue. Um, but BMI is still a useful tool. You know, you get like, um, everyone's got like a mate who's, plays footy twice a week and probably does like one weight session or two weight sessions a week where it's all arms who's classed as overweight it's like no mate no mate BMI is crap I've got loads of muscle when they haven't Uh. Um, so it is a good tool it is slightly flawed Um, you know like waist to hip ratio is probably a better gauge of health markers but for a population data like this I think it's entirely valid yeah no, I agree and I think the you don't suddenly go go from normal health to higher risk because you've gone from twenty four point nine to twenty five point one on the BMI scale. So um, I think you're right that you, as as a general level is fine. When you go down to individual, which is like a lot of things or most things really, when you individualize it, then it becomes a bit more relevant and or maybe unrelevant potentially depending upon the scenario. Like we all know people like the the point you made about. I don't know if you referred to him, Dangerous Day, but guys, you know, plays football a couple times a week, goes to the gym, um, who's in the overweight category, he might actually be still like perfectly healthy because he's only a little bit overweight. He's probably carrying a bit more body fat than he would like, but does lots of activity, potentially eats all right, but maybe he just eats a tiny bit too much and just maintains a slight, or he might even just have a slightly heavier set point because we all know these overweight people or people that are. Um, well, yeah, overweight, but they're like the the, the super fit fat men. Like you always, often used to see him used to play a lot of football. You'd look at some people and think he's gonna he's he's gonna be crap. He he barely looks like he can run around, but they run around all game like really good high fitness levels. And sometimes you can get like fit fat people, can't you? So yeah, which that all comes down to to health as well. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, good point. But obviously, um, you you are right. Obviously, it, it, at the at very macro level, we good pun macro level that BMI is a really good indicator of all risk, regardless of of uh, body composition as well. So like you say, even if you're carrying loads of muscle mass around, that's probably where I'd like to highlight this because it's still lots of strain and stress on your your heart and your cardiovascular system, regardless of whether it's two hundred pounds of muscle or two hundred pounds of fat. Yep, exactly that. So. Um, I think Alex Fiada is, is 
hammered this point home a few times to a few people. So, mm. yeah. Um, and then I guess I guess leading on from the the adult thing, the, the children one. Um, I don't yeah, think you're in front of you. Yeah. Do you want to lead into with that? Yeah, why not? This was scary, this was, to be honest. So, um, in 2015 to 19.8% of children aged 10 to 11 were obese, and a further 14.3% were overweight. Children aged 4 to 5, 9.3% were obese, and another 12.8% were overweight. So it basically means that a third of 10 to 11 year olds and a fifth of four to five year olds are overweight or obese. So Yeah, and the, the really scary thing there is if you look at the, of every 100 10, 11 year olds in England, um, you know, that's the good thing there. Well, I guess semi-positive is 65% of them are, are a healthy weight. 14% are overweight, but then it jumps to 20% being obese. So, you know, we, we see sometimes in the news this whole thing about... Um, people not using common sense when they're diagnosing children as being overweight or obese. Um, you, you know, you get the outraged parent every now and then, which, you know, the practitioner probably should have used some judgment when looking at the child and say, you know, he's probably just in that stage where he's growing. That's why he's in the, overbe- the overweight stage. When it gets to the obese point, I don't think that argument exists. Um, yeah. To see 20%, so more, more people are obese than they are overweight in that age population is quite a, shocking stat yeah it is, it is and it it is it is really interesting so obviously i got into a conversation in the no nonsense nutrition group didn't i last last week the week before i can't remember um and it was around the well it kind of touched a little bit on our podcast episode around last week around the cancer cancer research stuff and body shaming and the conversation around like you'd never tell someone they're fat kind of scenario and it's the well i'd never tell my kids um, you'd never tell my kids they were fat. Obviously, it'd be too damaging for them to to obviously talk to them about. And obviously, while that's absolutely true, you do. It's interesting, really, to think obviously how until a child is old enough to go out and obviously get a job, buy their own food, etc. Like you as a parent is us are are pretty much responsible for their nutrition. So it's interesting, really. Like we've got we're seeing that you know. 20 or 30 say 35 percent of people are overweight or kids sorry are overweight you know us parents have to take some a lot of responsibility for that yeah and i i think it is you know and you'll be careful here because you know children and nutrition and weight are all very very emotive subjects so yeah. oh they're, 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 I, and they're influential it, it's, it's it's the kids obviously are very influential so yeah, so it's never black and white. And also there is probably not a lack of knowledge. You know, the, so people listen to this and people in our little bubble, we, we, and we're probably going to get onto this because this is what the health matters thing is all about. Mm. But they, they probably have an understanding of, you know, the caloric value of foods. Mm. Um, whereas that potentially isn't as known, um, certainly in some of the economic drivers as well. Mm. It's not necessarily... It's not their fault. It's just a a result of society and how we are today. So there's there's no not necessarily a, a portion blame to parents. And I mean, in some cases, it clearly is. Um, but in others, it is just a, a lack of understanding yeah, or yeah. you know parental yeah. pressure. So I'm I not. Sa- I'm not. I'm not saying. No, that. I know you're not. Yeah, I'm not I just saying. Don't want anyone to. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And I'll be honest. I, I would have got around to quantify that. Don't worry. So I think like I'm not saying it's parents' fault. I'm saying we do have to take some responsibility as parents. Yeah. Some, but it, it, yeah, yeah. Some... It, it is your responsibility from that point onwards when you learn or understand that you know yeah. they, they are obese. So I guess it's it's one of those things where like, um, you're you're you 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 control what goes into your kid's mouth most of the time um, as a parent. So obviously it's about you making the right informed choices and also ed- help and educate them as well in terms of that. So there is a lot of responsibility obviously a lot of the problem nowadays as well that people don't educate themselves about it so as in general population don't if if they did we wouldn't have this obesity problem um so that that obviously becomes a lot of the problem so you can't then expect them to educate the the children as well but there's also like you say so many socioeconomic factors that also influence it so like you could be the best parent in the world in educating your children supplying them with the right nutrition and and trying to get them in the right um well-being or or healthy mindsets but there's so many other things that like schools and marketing of foods and the way supermarkets set their shops up and all these different things that also affect how we eat you know let alone children that are highly influenced so 
yeah, and it, it kind of goes back to the whole, you know, fast food outlets near schools and all that kind of stuff, um, mm. which they do actually look at in here. Mm. But it's, yeah, it, <laughs> it's, a, it's a sensitive subject for a lot, but yes. it's one that probably should be talked about. And I'm up, up to where this is coming out, I'm quite happy with the message that yeah. public health is so, trying to push. What, so, like, what, why is it such a big problem then, obesity? So, like, what, what's like the, the, what, why has it been looked at in so much detail now by the government? Other than I obviously, guess, it's this, the yeah. rates are high. What, what, why is that so much of a problem? Yeah, so this, this is not what is causing them to flag it. Um, you know, the estimation is that obesity is responsible for more than 30,000 deaths each year uh, on average. You know, being obese will deprive an individual of an extra nine years of life, um, preventing many from reaching retirement age. Uh, they're looking not at the moment, but given the way smoking is in decline, obesity could overtake tobacco smoking as the biggest cause of preventable death. Um, so that's a, that's a shocking thing itself. Yeah. Um, you know, they talk to the fact the increased risk of death, but developing a whole host of diseases. Um, so certain cancers, which we, I know you covered in detail last week, um, given the uh, the blow up with the comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, high blood pressure, five times more like type 2 diabetes. So all of those lead to a significant social cost. So the Public Health England have put out some numbers. Um, we treat, uh, we spend more each year on the treatment of obesity and diabetes than we do on the police, fire service and judicial, I can never say that. Judicial? judicial system. Yeah, that's the one, system combined. So, you know, at the time when we're having to cut back on public services, that is quite a, a, oh. a telling thing. Uh, 6.1 billion um, NHS spent on obesity-related ill health in 2014 and 2015. So that's that's preventable health issues potentially. Oh. Now, you know, you, the numbers aren't perfect, so you can take away from that. Some of that uh, will be out of people's control and so not preventable. But even if you took half of that, it's still a a shocking number. Um, I would spend, say that's. I would say that's being lenient as well. If you went, for yeah, heart, like, pro- probably, yeah. yeah, because there's probably a lot that isn't reported, or you know, we we know the categorisation, and then, and then the wider society costs. Um, so it's just 27 billion impact to the UK. Now, how they come to that number, um, don't know. But the, you know, the, these costs are predicted to rise. So. By 2050, they're saying to be 9.7 billion to the NHS and 49.9 billion um, cost to wider society. So, you know, people, <laughs> this, this is a bit, again a potentially tinderbox of um, like someone will get triggered. But at a time when people are moaning about having to cut police and fire service costs, uh, Fire service numbers, the strain on the NHS, like the strain on the NHS is incredible. Um, you know, politi- political reasons aside, which I won't even dare go into, that, that is a large preventable thing. So, public health have obviously started to look at this, and their aim is to try and reduce this burden to I guess, society and the NHS, um, as well as the wider cost, and also to. Um, to people's lives because you know getting a BC related disease is something that is never going to be enjoyable and it's something that probably could have been prevent- prevented mm. now it's all well and good me um, sitting here um, saying that given my upbringing my you know the economic factors and stuff like that it's very much could be viewed as uh, you know I joke about middle class Mike I'm from middle class background so you know what do I know um, but it's not just uh, um, a problem affecting one social or economic class it's spread across a lot there is a, a large impact um, to some of the lower income households so mm-hmm. again I won't talk to that but I have been overweight I've not been obese um, so I have been through that journey and understand what's involved. And we, we work with a lot of people that are overweight or obese and help them to get back to a healthy weight. So I'm certainly not here to preach or judge. Um, 
it's more a look at the cold hard facts of it all, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, what what do the government think is the actual main problem or, or reason for like these increases then? So, um, yeah, it's what we talked about first. We they've they've basically talked about calories. Um, so, you know, their their take is the evidence on calories shows that overweight and beef boys consume anywhere from 140 to 500 calories too much each day. For obese, for overweight and obese girls, 160 to 290, and for adults, 203 to 300 excess calories a day. Now, I can bet my bottom dollar, given I know the research that was done on it, so it's almost um, kind of population level uh, data gathering, but those numbers are very conservative. Um, and even when they looked at people's calorie intake, they noted that people... Uh, so men assumed they were taking in 2,000 a day when it's actually like 3,100 and women again overestimated about around 800 to 1,000 calories when they looked at what they were intaking mm. I think so, just like, on, so, on that sorry mate if you just I guess like the averages are a lot lower probably because they are averages so you'd imagine that if you took out because that must be the, based on all of the UK population so you're going to have people that do under eat or under underestimate baby and then obviously you've got these people that are o- overestimating or sorry, wrong yeah. way around, the other end. You've got people that overestimate and obviously you've got all these people that underestimate. They're obviously going to drag their averages down. Hence, the numbers of like three to 500 calories extra per day or, or eating more today than they've actually accounted for or, or, or to consider. They're probably actually, like you say, conservative for that reason because the averages are bringing them down. Yeah, exactly. So I guess on the back of that, Public Health England have launched the One U campaign, uh, which is basically... They're trying to simplify people's approach to nutrition, which, whether they got this right or wrong, um, is a massive step in the right direction, in my opinion. So they've come up with the 400, 600, 600, which is the amount of calories to aim for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, and then having some snacks in between to hit the target of 2,000 calories a day for women and 2,500 for men. Now, do I think that's going to solve the issue? No, because there's still fairly high calorie intakes for someone who needs to lose weight. Uh, for maintenance, yes, that may stop the um, the increase in obese or overweight individuals. Um, you know, it's, it's simplistic. It's it misses the point that you can move calories around, but they're also working with Greg's, McDonald's, Starbucks, and Subway, which does raise some questions around um, you know conflicts there. Mm. However, it's you know, if you were to follow these advice, this would be a massive step in the right direction, I think. Let's let's take it back to why they're working with those people then. So um, when you go through some of the, the report, it does say things like some of the factors behind the rise in obesity levels are things like behavior, environment, genetics, and culture. Um, and obviously they talk about like the environment, so the food and drink environment. Um, there was a bit I wanted to pick out. So some of the stats were like 27% so over a quarter of an adult uh, and one-fifth of children eat food from outside of their homes at least once a week. So uh, meals eaten outside the home tend to be associated with higher intakes of sugar, fat and salt, and portion size tend to be bigger, which we all know. Like, if you go out to eat, but how, unless you're going to a Michelin-style restaurant, and even then, arguably, obviously, they'd be quite calorie-dense um, for the amount of foods you get. But like, if you go fine dining style, where you get low amounts of food, you might obviously have, like, a normal meal. But if you go out anywhere else... Portion sizes are massive, and it's not just, you know, like, I don't know if it's a US influence or what, but you go to anywhere in, in the UK now and you get, like, if you go to Five Guys, say, you just get a burger and fries. But burgers are massive, fries are massive. And that's like 15, 600 calories in one meal there. It's just saying. Yeah, and you've, waste, and you've wasted it with that Five Guys. And you've wasted it on Five Guys. I mean, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> um, but the problem is that's, it, that's, that's normal, you know, it's quite, clearly it's normal because over a quarter of our meals are coming from. That from those types of things, I'm not not sure just five guys, but just eating out. So the fact that if you're having a quarter of your meals eating out in, and, and obviously we know that that then tends to push the calories. I like the fact that, and the point you made before the call about that they haven't emphasised one thing. They have looked at both sugar, fat, and and obviously salts are relevant for for necessary for weight loss, but um, they have they, you know, they haven't apportioned it to one single factor as the reason. So that's quite yeah. Cool. It's, so so alongside these these calorie recommendations, they've also released like an infographic 
uh, which is like ways to encourage healthy eating. So they've, they've got eight things there, which are first one, reduce portion size. Like I think I'll go through these quickly. So reduce yeah, fats yeah. and frying, frying practices, reduce salt, reduce sugar, increase content of fruit, vegetables and fiber, promote healthier options, um, procuring healthier ingredients and food products from suppliers and provide calorie information. Now, as advice goes from a public health organization, for once, um, they haven't just focused on one thing. They haven't focused on fat. They haven't focused on sugar. They haven't focused on carbs. They focus on the main thing being portion sizes and calories, then reducing within that fat and sugars. Because yes, you can have both, and yes, some are required for health. But ultimately, it's the overconsumption of fats and sugars, along with calories. As a result, increasing calories is driving this issue. Um, and obviously, increasing the fruit, veg, and fiber is something we. We basically tell clients that this is almost like what we tell clients to do with some, you know, obviously, <laughs> obviously with some coaching around that. But it, it's kind of what we work towards, right? If you were going to give someone, you know, you, you had five minutes to give someone something, this is not a bad place to start, yeah. I don't think. I think what we're saying is they're very good generic global guidelines um, in that. You're right. They're they're very much on the same lines of the types of stuff we would tell clients. Yes, you know, if you if you're coaching someone, it will be more individualised and specific to them. But as a whole, just kind of very general things for people to follow. If you followed those, you'd do pretty well. I I, I particularly like provide carry information in that I do think that if they had if more places had their calorie contents on all of their menus, you know, in the, almost like a bit of the way Starbucks do, and they have it on the menus, all the food items have got there, you know, like the what it is, the price, and then calories underneath. I'd like it to be a bit more prominent, but I do think, like, if you tend to have that and you had, like, multiple options, I think by nature, maybe it's just me and it's my bias and, you know, I'm not seeing the, the wider picture, but I think a lot of people would pay attention to that. It might not stop people having it, but at least, like, it, the information is there, and you might think, oh, actually... I won't have that now I know it's because the prime example and I've talked about it on the podcast before actually was one time we went to Pizza Express with some friends my friend's girlfriend was going to have a tuna salad but I just merely pointed out that the um the the menu choice on the or the calories on the menu sorry like 1400 calories for a, some sort of nassoir salad or something and as soon as I mentioned that I was like really oh I'm not gonna have that now then I'm gonna I'll have a pizza which was like 800 calories because it's almost like, okay, 800 calories is still maybe quite a lot of calories for a meal. But because she's, she's seen the information, she suddenly decided that isn't what she was, she wants. So I do think that's quite that could be quite powerful and really useful. But it just needs to be maybe a bit more prominent. Because obviously in that scenario, she wouldn't have known had I not actively gone out and looked. Because it wasn't on the menu. And even if they are on the menu, sometimes they are a bit small or in places where, I guess... Um, I don't know if it's fair to say whether food... Um, outlets maybe don't want you to see them. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna. Can I go on a bit of a rant and a tangent here? Yeah, like, go for it. I, I think calories are hidden on foods a lot unless they're aimed at people trying to reduce calories. So let's take example Pops Crisps. Like they have a massive on the front, like 89 calories, just like in big bold letters. Hmm. Then you have foods that try and hide the calories by saying 89 calories per serving. And they come in a small bag and there's two servings in there. Yeah. Like, stop fucking lying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think food should be labelled per serving in terms of if they come in a serve like a bag, that should be for the whole bag because people don't realise that. Um, calories are often, like on the back of packets, they, they do it in a way which infuriates me sometimes um, in terms of someone who's just tracking food and he's been well-versed in tracking. So for someone who isn't, you know, in this bubble or who isn't calorie aware, trying to work out the calories of some food is infuriating. Like Sainsbury's do their food as if it's cooked versus, you know, some people doing raw, which again, probably won't make a big difference to some foods, but others it will. Yeah, let me, let me, let me just side rant this. So I have a side rant on a side rant. Do not really annoys me. Tesco's vegetables, like, and I, I actually, I, I, I was checking these yesterday because I've only noticed probably the last couple of weeks that it's actually been the case. But Tesco's like bagged prepared vegetables. They have cooking instructions. Like, say, take, in fact, hold on, just um, sing or something for five seconds. The podcast listeners do not want me to sing. Trust me. 
Frizzles run off I, to get some I know that, value. Yeah, I know that's ridiculous that I just ran off to the fridge to get something. But um, so there's a bag here. You can see, no one else can. Butternut squash and a sweet potato in a bag. So you go onto the back of the packet and it says, right, cooking instructions like um, open bag, add two teaspoons of oil, shake and coat, and, and obviously then cook in the oven. So what do they do? They give you the nutritional information only based on cooking in two tablespoons of fucking oil. What if you don't use the oil? Like, what am I supposed to do now? Like, can I not eat these? I don't, I don't know yeah. how to put these in my, my fitness pal without the oil. That's just ridiculous, isn't it? That's, that's... So I would, yeah. So going back to my side man, exactly <laughs> that. I would like just, just consistent, non-stupid labeling. Like, and if, it, if you want... Uh, just do it in a consistent way across the board um, and make it prominent on the front of the packet because you get all this saturated fat, sugars, blah, blah, blah on the front. So just add calories in big, bold fucking letters there. Um, but that's, you know, that's me sitting my ivory tower again. But yeah, that's something I would, I would, I would like to see. Um, but that said, they, you know, kind of moving on. So just want to go back a little bit to the point we're talking about around you know, a lot of meals being out, eaten out. So we can, where they are. So I think I sent you boys an advert from Subway, which was like all our sandwiches are under 600 calories. Mm. I have real mixed opinions on the inclusion of fast food outlets with Public Health England. So on one hand, I, um, you know, it's, I totally agree. Like if we, obesity will reduce through, you know, um, reduction in calories, even if it comes from foods that aren't deemed to be optimal. And actually, Subway, Subway gets a hard wrap sometimes, but actually, if you look at a lot of their foods, just chicken and salad and a sandwich, that's, you know, stop giving them a hard time. But there are, they aren't necessarily the best option for that amount of calories. So while we're moving people towards a calorie focus, which is excellent, I think that should be the first step. And is very much the right direction, but obviously over time we need to improve the food quality. Now, I think... Hold on. I, I, your example of Subway, I wouldn't say there's no, a particular do, food quality sub, issue there. No, get Subway out of the way. I'm, yeah. I'm talking about more like the McDonald's ones where I've seen it with like a, I like cheeseburgers and stuff like that, which, yes, we're all for flexible dieting and stuff like that, but at a public level, I don't think you can kind of do that so I'm kind of muddling my words here but what I want to say is I, I wholeheartedly agree with the message we need to move towards this but if you're trying to get someone who used to hedonic food intake and who over consumes get them to eat a cheeseburger which isn't a good use of those calories because of the food volume and stuff like that won't necessarily get them on the right path I think hunger will still be an issue potentially there that said, like it's a massive, massive step in the right direction to, yeah. to push them these. So I think if you separate the two out, um, I like the idea that restaurants are like mainstream restaurants become more calorie aware. So you'll see them on the menus, stuff like we just talked about. Um, but it is there is a there is a quality aspect there as well. We're not all just about calories. However, that is the main driver of obesity. So we should focus on that. I think I I think I. Um, Someone on Instagram, I think it was the health and fitness doctor. Um, I think I'm sure that was it. Um, yeah, it was health and fitness doctor. So he's a, I guess, lifestyle medicine GP. Um, my, my quote back to him was, you know, we were talking about this campaign and my point was focus on quality does nothing because people still won't get the portion sizes right. If you don't get the portion sizes right, it's like building a castle on sand. So this this very much, I think, is the very first step we should focus on. We should continue to focus on this until the busy rate starts to drop, and then we can start to look at the quality. Because there's been a few people detracting from this because they say it doesn't focus on the quality of food. Yeah, I've gone off on one a bit there. No, you haven't. I mean, that's again, it's like anti-Joe Wicks. So he only focuses on quality, not quantity necessarily. So hence the whole chicken chorizo, 1,500-calorie meal scenario. Um, and I think like that's a prime example of why so many people fail because you the the, the quality focus on all you like, but if you're not getting quantity right, you you're not going to lose weight. Um, 
although I will say they're not completely um, unique to each other, so they're not completely um, delinked, if that makes sense. So obviously, if you have low-quality foods, they might push up the quantity. So in the same way as like you just said, if you have a cheeseburger for someone that's used to having larger portion sizes and you tell them to, you know, you can still have a cheeseburger, but you need to limit your portion to the correct amount to your energy intake. Are they going to stick to energy intake because they're hungry yeah. as flip? And that, that kind of goes back to, so some of those McDonald's meal options are like a, a Big Mac and a Coke Zero, right? Mm. Who the hell goes into McDonald's and gets a Big Mac and a Coke, Diet Coke that doesn't get chips? Yeah, and if that if that is you, there's there's something wrong with you because I I certainly don't. <laughs> like, you probably need your head examining or I, um, I don't know. So <laughs> it, it's it's a funny thing because obviously like it's almost it's it's not socially acceptable to go into McDonald's and only order a burger. You just you've yeah, well, kind of you've kind of just shown that, and it's like, well, why shouldn't it be? I agree, but again, like if I am going into McDonald's, I'm getting chicken wrap all day long. And, and that doesn't feel like it's a, a it's not sold in a, a meal that comes with chips. You know what I mean? It's this. Yeah. Those places are designed to sell you those those things as a meal with chips. Not, you know, maybe maybe we could do if McDonald's came out and did you know the meal deal with just a Coke Zero and a, a burger and do you some sort of discount for not having the chips. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah that'd be better. You could, well, you could just buy a burger and a Coke Zero rather than buying the actual meal. You could, but I think there's there's a there's always a cost. Probably. Well, it's probably from a cost-effectiveness perspective, it's probably not as good. But I think, I mean, just going going on to the the whole tackling eating out and you know, kind of working with these these people, um, albeit I don't think it's perfect for obviously the reasons you've just said. I guess if you look at it on a on a level of that, the statistics show that we eat more than a quarter of our meals in these types of places. They're a good place to start. Yes, that's probably, exactly. that's probably as, the way as, to look at as it. As a you know, they are a public health organisation, so they are working on population level. They can't, whereas me and you can go and work one-to-one with someone, so we can advise individual choices, we can steer people in the right direction or slowly move them across. Um, you know, we start them off at what may be a very junky diet and we improve the calorie content of that and then we slowly move them towards what would be a more quantity, uh, sorry, quality-dense diet. We've the flexibility in there to enjoy foods they like. You can't do that at a population level. It, it's just too complicated. So, as guidelines go, I'm I'm pretty happy with these <laughs> these latest ones. Um, I can't. I, I, I struggle to. Um, I struggle to think how you would. You know, like I think the message of calories is an important one to get across the population, and they are doing that. I struggle to think how you would get any other, or how you would do this in a better way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it like it's to to do anything at the the a population level is so incredibly difficult. As to be honest, evidence or history has now shown that over the past however many decades now, when people have tried to do something, i.e., low fat dogma, low carb dogma, eat well plate, all of these things that put the government have put in the governments have put into place to try and tackle it clearly hasn't worked um, you could argue of late we're getting better because as we said the obesity levels are slowing down but not declining which declining is obviously where we need to be yes agreed and it's yeah it's a step in the right direction I'd be interested to see what the impact this has um, and I'd be you know what I might just ask some people next week whether it actually even you know because again in this fitness bubble um, we pay attention to it yeah, don't we like do they yeah it's quite good being off Facebook for that reason because I've noticed the adverts I've been walking around and mm. um, I've seen them in some places I've noticed the McDonald's ones the Subway ones so you know it is starting to uh, get out there so I just you know the more that this is a ridiculous thing that calories aren't widely or not necessarily not widely but aren't Deems to be the the cause for a lot of people. So, if I say to someone at work today, you know, what what makes you overweight, or what will make you fat? That's kind of the words I use. Um, it won't be oh, I've eaten too many calories. It will be, you know, too many carbs or something like that. Yeah, I d- the, uh, I tend to find this. Oh, I, like, what do you 
if you ask someone like, okay, right, you know, you, you, you want to shift a few pounds, what are you going to do about it? Oh, I, oh, yeah, I'll go out running at the weekend. Yeah. And obviously we covered that whole episode around kind of the efficacy of uh, exercise intervention versus dietary intervention. And that's what we have. And, so. and it's, it's quite funny because I, when I was looking around for the Public Health England guidelines, the thing that first came up, um, top stories was from somebody on uh, what's his name? Nick Ferrari on LBC or whatever it was, um, losing his shit over these guidelines saying, you know, that our calorie, first of all, he's wrong. He's like, calorie portions reduced. No, they haven't. Um, he's saying it's the lack of, the lack of activity that's fueling the obesity epidemic, which activity has a, a huge part and our activity levels have dropped massively. Um, I, I don't disagree that it has an impact, but it's not the main cause of this and they are correct in targeting our food intake because you can reduce calories a lot more through intake than you can through um, exercise. And especially in today's society where you know we're not in active jobs you're not going to be able to get people that active that it makes enough difference to warrant change whereas you can through manipulating their diet mm -hmm. so sorry nick you're wrong yeah no exactly exactly that and obviously that's where these types of things will start to hopefully make some difference um well, i think we all know they're not going to be perfect and it's not going to be resolving the whole issue in one thing but it's a good start um, I don't know if there's is there anything else we want to add on this now. No, kind of got through. I wonder if we. Uh, I do. I do wonder for a podcast episode, and it might be. I might see if we can do this. It's just if we can get someone from Public Health England. It'd be that, quite a cool one. That'd I think. be very cool. Yeah, yeah. To talk about. Might be open. Might be open to it. Yeah, yeah. Why not? We'll reach out. We'll see what we can get. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we've we've hit pretty much the hour mark anyway. So we, I think we we've 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 done a good job there in terms of going through it all. Um, I suppose the only thing we didn't mention, I think, and I'm sure, although I can't find it in this article, I'm sure there was um obviously the government have tasked food manufacturers to reduce their calories um in their uh, produce by like up to twenty percent or something, isn't it? So yeah. So by it. twenty, I think it was twenty twenty. I can't find that bit now. They they're asking. Um, food manufacturers and fast food outlets to reduce their uh, caloric intake by 20% by uh, whatever day it was, 2020 or something like that, when they don't, they're basically going to publicly shame them or potentially have some sort of financial impact. Um, the only one thing I wanted to, I guess, kind of recircle back to, and I know we've kind of done that. Um, the, 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 I guess the, the report that come out state that achieving and maintaining calorie balance is a consequence of individual individual decisions about diet activity. So like we talked about working one-to-one -one with people. Mm. However, our environment and particularly the availability of calorie-rich food now makes it much harder for individuals to maintain healthy lifestyles. So it goes back to that McDonald's subway thing. So by targeting them with a 20% reduction, um, you know, they're aiming to, I guess that's where they're trying to impact, um, like we kind of alluded to earlier, but by making it the responsibility of the people selling the food, they're trying to get them to own part of the problem. Yeah, right. rightly so, in my opinion as well. Yeah, I mean, you're profit-driven off selling calorie dense and tasty food yeah I, what i don't want to what i don't want to see is that the whole all of them vilified because you know we've covered this before a few times but food is something to be enjoyed mm -hmm. um, and uh, like I'm, I'm i'm gonna be one of the first to say like i, I do enjoy some of those food outlets that are being targeted um mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, no, no, I agree. And obviously there are, because it is very individualised again, I think to, to vilify, you know, any types of chains, vendors or whatever that are putting out higher calorie stuff, well, for some people that is a requirement. You know, they, they need those extra calories because they're either underweight or, you know, they've got certain goals they have to consume higher caloric intakes than others. So it's, it is difficult to say, well, you know, because you start getting onto the realms of the, the push for sugar tax and all those things that like Jamie Oliver's doing and stuff like that. I think, well, actually... 
some people can control the calorie intake and be fine with having higher calorie foods. Why should they be financially punished? Because you know they, they can control and account for what they're eating rather than just kind of you know, not. It's like, is, is that fair that they kind of then have to pay more for their Coca-Cola or you know the stuff that would, but people are lobbying for, you know, like taxes on higher fat and sugary foods. It's like, well, you know, it's kind of, yeah. I think it's going at the wrong angle potentially, but. Well, like the, the whole thing with um, Lucasade reducing their sugar count in their in their energy drinks has caused uh, some problems with, I guess, guidelines for diabetics because if you are having a hypo, hmm. um, it's always been you know Lucasade will, is kind of the perfect amount to get you back to where you need to be, which is no longer the case. Hmm. So there are impact. You could, <laughs> it's like the butterfly effect, I guess. But yeah, well then you've got like an endurance. Uh, runner uh, population probably now thinking I've got to buy two Lucasades rather than one you've just hit yeah. the pocket yeah exactly um, so it's all you know yeah. but I guess again at population level they're not really the issue no, no absolutely not it's, I mean they're, they're small things to like, I mean certainly I think most of us would accept that if, if that was the ended up being the resolution to the obesity e- epidemic because in, at the end of the day like you then got decreased costs and all of the other economic things that we talked about like the NHS etc so which it would just be huge 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 um, positive yeah be great. right well let's call it there then so um, yeah I, was, I don't know yeah I also have nothing else to add so I'm just going to hit that button I think hit the button alright laters Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.